Hi there, welcome to Glenlyden Baptist Church's podcast network. We're glad you can join us today. If you'd like more information on the church, please visit us on our website, www.gebc.org.nz. We hope you enjoy the pod. Hey, um, does anyone remember, nah, you're not going to remember, Christmas 2012? And does, that like, does that hold a special place in anyone's heart? Yeah, we've got one. Good, you know. What happened? Woohoo! Come on. Come on. See, so, such a specific time, such a wonderful time. It was a horrific time for us. I remember um, we made the mistake, Holly and I made the mistake, that you have to make a, attending extended family Christmas. Um, and it was down in Cambridge at my sister's house. Um, and this was when, uh, this, you know, you didn't know me then. I am at the peak of my uh, physical size. Uh, think of this plus about another 65-70%. Um, but my cousin hadn't seen me in about 10 years. And I walk and he goes, oh, what the happened to you? And, and, and that was affirming. Like just, just before Christmas lunch, that, that made me feel like I wanted to tuck into the barbecue. And then afterwards, um, afterwards the, the parents were tired or lazy, and, and the nephews and nieces, they wanted to go kick the ball around. I'm like, I'll, I'll, go, I'll go kick the ball around with you. I'll run around in the backyard with you. We'll play on the trampoline and the slide. And, and about 30 seconds in, I was absolutely exhausted. I couldn't run. I'd like to blame the grass, if I may. I think that's fine. Maybe it was the heat. Maybe the lunch wasn't quite cooked right. They were home kill sausages after all. But in the midst of me deciding what I was going to blame, my brother-in-law, who's a, a, a wonderfully uh, blunt human being, he comes over to me and says, you're too fat. You're too fat, bro. You can't even run around. Do you want kids one day? Because you're going to need to run around with them one day. And, and so, again, a wonderfully affirming time at Christmas. But he, but he was right. He was right, and, and the best part was, in, in spite of his bluntness, he says, if you, if you want help, if you want help, let me know, um, because change is possible, I'll, I'll do this journey with you. And so possibly uh, out of uh, embarrassment, um, I say yes, possibly out of you know, the truth that I do want to um, have kids one day, which I now do, I do want to run around with them, and possibly out of you can't say no when someone just like announces this in front of your whole family, right? But he hadn't got back to me in a month, and it was, it was a glorious month because I'd forgotten all about it because it was Christmas. And, and I sat down for dinner one night with Holly. Um, it was just before a, a leader sat down, and dinner was leftover pizza, um, which was great because that meant the night before we'd had this massive pizza that had leftovers. And, and just as I'm, I pick up the piece and my phone goes off, and it's, it's my brother-in-law, and he says, train is coming tomorrow, weigh in at 7 p.m., and I looked at this pizza, and I smelled this pizza, and there was this moment, like, you know those bad Hollywood mu- movies where, like, there's a breakup, and, and, but there's one last kiss, right? This was me and this pizza, and I was looking at this pizza, and the pizza was looking at me, and there's this moment, you know, is this it? Is this it for us? There was no last kiss. I put it down. I said, I'm done with you. I'm done with you. This, so it wasn't really like a Hollywood uh, movie, was it? She'd hurt me too many times, this pizza. 
the next day sucked. The, the, the trainer came and he got me to do these um, small baseline exercises. And I say small baseline exercises because the number that I could do was very small. And then he made me jump on the scales. And well, that's where the very high numbers came in, so we had a good balance. And he tells me, he says, right, I want you to do these exercises every day this week. Um, I'll see you next week at 7 p.m. If you haven't lost a kg, you owe me $20. I was like, like <laughs> at that time, so Holly's studying, I'm working a lot, um, and I don't have $20, so I'd better get to work, you know? And the next week he turns up and we do the exercise again, he gives me a couple more, and we made it to the weigh-in, and I didn't owe him $20, thank goodness. And he said to me, what is your goal, Shannon? How do you want to change? And I said, oh, I want to lose 50 kgs. And he says... Yeah, no, what I'm saying, Shannon, is, is what do you want to do this year? I want, you to, I want you to do something achievable. And I looked at him and said, well, I just told you my goal. And he goes, okay, we'll, we'll talk goals next week, okay? We'll, we'll get some realistic ones. Um, when I see you next week, if you haven't lost another kilo, you owe me 20 bucks. And this was a combination of the, the most frustrating year of my life, the most focused year of my life, and somewhat one of the biggest wastes of effort in my life because I trained and sweated and ran and swam and ate differently and got to Christmas Day 2013 and I stood on the scales and I'd hit my goal. I dropped 50 kgs and I remember standing on the scales and um, taking a photo of the numbers to send it to my brother-in-law and trainer, um, probably with a combination of thanks and don't ever doubt me again. Um, but this was, this was a massive transformation. Um, but something was missing, because I didn't feel good. I wasn't happy. I wasn't like, what's next? I was just done. I was, I was finished. I'd achieved, but I didn't feel anything about going on. There was no ongoing desire for transformation because I'd, I'd ticked off these goals that had just been a year long, and over the next nine years, as you will have known when you met me a couple of years ago, I put nearly all of that back on. The goal wasn't satisfying. The achievement didn't satisfy. I, I didn't have a focus. I just resorted back to life before this transformation. And all this work, all this sacrifice, all this focus, this year of suck just became undone because I wasn't interested in an ongoing transformation. I was doing it so I didn't have to pay a guy $20. And I wonder if this is somewhat a picture of our spiritual life sometimes. It, it, it probably was of mine, <laughs> hopefully it not still is, Gary, you know, but I'm sure there are similarities, right? Sometimes we see this goal of Christian transformation, um, and sometimes we see it, it's just like we're getting onto a bus, or maybe that's sometimes our goal for others. If we could just get them to say the prayer, if we could just get them into the kingdom, it's done. Transformation has happened. We've completed it. This is like the Willy Wonka golden ticket Christianity, right? We've done it, we've punched our ticket, we've won the prize, I can go to heaven if I die now, I can sin because I'm covered with grace. This is, look, Gary's laughing because we have heard these stories way too many times in youth circles where we used to roam, and youth learn it from somewhere, right? And it's not the younger siblings, right? But, but this transformation, this continual transformation, that's what needs to be our goal. Because if we think that just becoming a Christian is where life ends, then we're in real danger 
of actually just living a life that we did before we met Jesus. In John 15, Jesus has this wonderful story for us. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch to me that bears no fruit. Well, every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already in me. Sorry, you are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. And as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Does anyone here, does anyone here grow grapes? Does anyone here own a vineyard? Fantastic. So the next part is definitely all true from me. I, I, I did some research. That's right. Grapevines are a lot like humans, right? When, when grapevines grow, when grape branches grow, they're going to take the path of least resistance. And that means if you just leave them to it, they'll pop up a little bit and then squirm along the ground. And that's how they grow. And so that's why when we see a vineyard, you'll see all these stakes in the ground. Stake after stake after stake. And then between these stakes, there's a whole lot of wires running between them. So that the, the wine maker, the grape dudes, um, get the vines to come up the stake and they run along the branches. Because no one here wants a Pinot dirt, do they? It's not a very nice type of wine, but they need room for the grapes to grow. And then when it gets to the next stake, the, 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 the vineyard master, I don't even know what the vineyard master is called, um, has a choice. Vintner. Now we've all learned something today, right? Except Paul, but I hope you learn something in the next little while. Right. So they can choose to, to trim the branch, to prune the branch, or let it go, or maybe twist it up to get a bit closer to the sun, right? This is how grapes are grown. But if the vintner, vintner, it sounds a bit German, if the vintner uh, leaves them to it, when it gets to the next stake, the branch will go down the stake and go back along the ground and become useless again, so it gets cut off and thrown away because it's useless. This is the picture that Jesus has for us. Once we are bound to him, once we have accepted that he is the vine that we want to be tied to, once we accept the invitation to be tied to, this is the picture of how we will grow. This is the transformation that he invites us into. And it's the transformation after we've put our life in his hands. And the story, this image that Jesus gives us, isn't an image of you've made it, well done. 
It's an invitation to continual growth that happens when you're joined to him, when your branch is joined to the vine. Well, every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. This is the invitation to continual growth, to continual transformation in him. When you stay in him, you grow, you become strong, you produce fruit. And then the gardener comes along, then God comes along, and he gives you a little nudge. Or he, he presses a little button, and he invites you into dealing with something. He invites you into change, to growing up more, to releasing something in our humanness that isn't of him, so that we can grow a little more into the person that he created us to be. This pruning, this isn't always a fun process. Because when pruning happens, stuff gets cut off. And, and you get, I want to say manipulated, but only in terms of the, the vine branch, because God doesn't manipulate us. But we get manipulated to have to grow up, right? This pruning process, we've all had them. We know that they're hard. Some of the results of ignoring the invitation to prune are even worse than just not going the right way. They've been a disaster for me. I remember it was Easter camp 2015. Everything was going wrong from the start of that year. Leaders, my youth leaders, they were giving me invitation after invitation to grow my patience. <laughs> parents, parents were giving me invitation after invitation to find God's peace. And the young people's questions, well, they were just an invitation to show up some self-control. And I kept on pushing these invitations to grow aside because we've got to keep going. We've got to keep working. These will all resolve themselves. I've just got to get the young people sorted for Easter camp. Push it down, Shannon. Push it down. Get it down. That's where it goes. Nothing will happen if you keep pushing it down, right? Until about two hours before Easter camp, one final text broke me. And I threw my phone across the room into a big, comfortable, cushy couch. And I ran and screamed and dove on that couch and just yelled into this couch cushion because obviously that is how you deal with things, right? And Holly's like just standing there going, what? And I cleaned myself up. I cleaned up the mess that I'd made of the lounge. I finished cooking us dinner and I went down to church thinking that that little shanty tanny had sorted out all our problems, eh? We're all sorted now. I've, I've let it all out. And we started to have the youth leaders meeting and two of my elders, well, one of my elders and his wife is there. And I just felt this bubbling up again. And not the positive bubbling up. And I invited the leaders to leave and go and talk to the young people and just cried and yelled and lost it in a very low voice because there's parents and leaders out in the foyer to my elder and his wife. I was not okay. I was ignoring all these invitations to grow. And the ignoring of invitations had left me broken and weak and useless 30 minutes before Easter camp. And through these conversations and tears and the sharing of Jesus' work in, in my elder's life and some gentle prodding by him to get some paid professional help, I got to work on some of the aspects of my life that needed pruning. Areas of control, areas of how I saw myself, areas of how I saw how God saw me. 
And none of this was fun. But there were these opportunities to crawl back down into the dirt and ignore it. Or there were these opportunities to allow Jesus to shape me, to prune me, to help me transform into the person that he wanted me to be. And the best part of that was that the elder and his wife walked with me. They walked through the immediate ugly, and they continued to love. They continued to journey through the really hard, and they continued to encourage me. And when it was all seeming a little bit too much, and what's the point, I remember asking, they reminded me of the purpose. That's the joy of being part of a community of transformation. Having people alongside you to pick you up in your lows and to see your growth, to remind you how far you've come and to inspire you to keep growing with Christ, to help you see the fruit, to help you see the potential of fruit when you can't see it or won't see it or can't even imagine the possibility of it. And this is where we need to remember that at the end of the pruning period, at the end of that part of transformation, Jesus says there will be more fruit. There is a purpose to the pain. There's a purpose to the struggle. And it is so more fruit can be born. It might be a better connection with Holy Spirit. It might be a clearer picture of who you are in Him. It might be better relationships with parents or siblings. It might be a greater understanding of his grace. It might be a deeper sense of his love. It might be a greater awareness of the gifts he has for you or a stronger courage to use these gifts that he has placed inside of you. I don't know what the end of your pruning process is and I don't know what the end of your next pruning process is after that. But I know Jesus says after the pruning, you will produce more fruit. And if we remain in him, if we keep him front and center, if we ensure that Jesus is our main focus, he will sustain us, he will grow us, he will continue to supply what we need while we are pruned, while we grow, while we learn, and while we change into who he created us to be. That's the goal of transformation. And that's the goal of a community of transformation, that we would be a people transformed by Christ into the type of humanity that he would look at, who he would see as continually reaching after him so that we can draw more people towards him, that he can be their hope so that they too can begin a lifetime of transformation and so we and they can be empowered by his spirit to change the world. Let's pray. Jesus, you continually invite us to grow. You came and lived a life that showed us growth and how to grow by listening to your spirit. Jesus, help us to be people who will hear your loving voice your call to be the best humans we can be and walk with each other as we grow and change and transform. Give us grace for ourselves as we stumble. Give us grace for each other 
as we stumble. And give us strength to pick each other up, to point each other back towards you. So that we can continue to be the people you call us to be. Reach the people you want us to reach. And love those that don't know that you have unlimited love for them yet. Thank you for what you've done for us, for what you continue to do for us, and what you say you will do in the future. Amen. Thanks again for joining with us today. If you'd like to know more information on the church or reach out to one of the pastors, please visit our website www.gebc.org.nz. Hope you have a great day.